Welcome to The Workplace, the program about how to get into, get along, and get ahead at work. Produced and presented by me, NND. AI season here on the program continues, and in this episode, we're taking a look at safe and trusted AI. As PhD researcher Mokhtulga Batokhtok joins me to talk about what is essence, his installation in the Science Gallery London exhibition, AI, Who's Looking After Me?, which is on until the 20th of January, 2024. For more information, please visit london.sciencegallery.com and please connect with Mungtulga Batoktok on LinkedIn. Mungtulga is M-U-N-K-H-T-U-L-G-A and Batoktok, B-A-T-O-G-T-O-K-H. And to keep up with this and all the other work and workplace-related conversations that take place here on The Workplace, please connect with me using hashtag WorkplaceNND. AI season here on The Workplace has been realized with the generous support of ARC Club, the fabulous co-working space that is more than just a workspace. Please visit arc-club.com. And ARC is spelled A-R-C. Monk Tolga, welcome to The Workplace. Tell us a bit about yourself. Hi, thank you for inviting me to the workplace. I am Muktulga Batoktok. I graduated from King's College with a degree in computer science and AI. I worked in Bank of America, Merrill Lynch as technology analyst and I also worked in contact engine as an R&D intern. Now I'm currently doing a PhD as part of the UK Research and Innovation Safe and Trusted AI program. I currently have an installation live at the Science Gallery London, and it's called uh, What is Essence? Tell us what you intend to share with us today. I'm here to speak about a little bit of what I do in the Safe and Trusted AI research program, the difference between humans and AI in terms of the current big problems in research today, and also how art can help us explore the limits of the human mind and how that in turn could help us develop better AI. So let's begin with an accessible entry to your research. What is Safe and Trusted AI? Safe and Trusted AI is the name of my research program. My research in particular is only a part of it. Um, Safe and Trusted AI broadly refers to AI models and techniques that we can rely on, to put it simply, as well as techniques and practices around them that we can adopt to ensure any negative externalities uh, are in check. Just to give an example of what would happen if we do not develop these things, AI techniques would continue to suffer from uh, a range of problems under the biases that are learned by these AI models, as well as explain which is the problem of the models being as to how they come to the conclusion. And I focus in particular on the explainability problem. First of all, tell us what is explainability? And then I saw on the King's website that your research focuses on the explainability of human-machine dialogue through visualization. But what does it really mean? Explainability of human-machine dialogue through visualization is the research title that I started my PhD with, which is why it's deliberately wanted to be as broad as possible. Essentially, it says that my research problem is explainability. My area is dialogue systems and visualization is part of the solution that I research. It's deliberately watered to be as broad as possible. So far, on this topic, we have proposed a framework to better explain AI models. 
there is a paper that is to be published in a workshop at European Conference on AI this year. And we've also been working on how visualization can improve the trustworthiness of explanations themselves and give users the power to understand and examine a model with as little uh, gaps and doubts as possible. So that's the work. With deep learning and machine learning paradigm that is prevalent in AI today, it tends to be often unclear why AI models come to the conclusions they do or why they output the outputs they do. It's because, first of all, they are trained automatically with massive amounts of data. Even if it was just a human who was learning from massive numbers of books, let's say you meet them at the beginning of the training and after the training, it would be hard for you to know what that person currently knows. And you have to find that out little by little by teasing out what that person has learned. And so models are very simplistic and complex at the same time. Simplistic in the sense that the models operate in terms of meaningful variables like words and concepts that we think with, but in terms of simple mathematical operations. But complex in the sense that the models combine millions of those simple operations. So explainability refers to this problem of being unable to understand why the models are outputting the outputs they're giving. When you say the machine gives an output, you don't understand why. Can you give me an example? In my very limited knowledge of computers, if you want a computer to bring a dog, you type D, I mean the programmer, you type D-O-G, and then you give it a picture of a dog so that when someone is searching for a dog and when they write the text, it matches, it would bring up a picture of a dog. What in what you have described to us would make a computer not match those two things? I don't understand when you say you don't understand why it generates some output that you don't understand. Is that clear? I think what you are describing is more closely matched with the generative AI paradigm that is more recent. But the explainability problem applies to all sorts of AI. So let's say that you have a model that you use to classify animals with and it makes the error of classifying a dog as a cat. This is the kind of error that happens very commonly in practice. In such cases, it is easy to see why you would want to look inside the model and try to understand what the model is doing. But unfortunately, that is not a trivial thing to do because AI models today are so complex that they are effectively black boxes. Let's turn now to your installation and the exhibition, What is Essence? What is Essence? is a part of my project I call Art, Human and AI in collaboration with an artist named Alice White. It is actually the second exhibition in the project. The first was the Bringing the Human to the Artificial exhibition at the Arcades exhibition space in Bush House. In what is essence, there are two interactive displays. One is a large lenticular print depicting a human in over a hundred different ways, ranging from in abstract artistic style to surreal and exaggerated. Um, the other is a digital display showing user inputs, which are supposed to be fun and creative hand drawings of various animals and objects by the visitors. This one challenges the visitors to draw the previously mentioned things in the most unique way possible so that other people would find it fun. And so when you submit the drawing, an AI object detector would try to correctize what's in the image. 
and it has already resulted in many cases where the AI makes funny mistakes like classifying a cat as hand luggage and so on. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> on, on, on that basic error, it's funny, but it wouldn't be funny if, for example, the AI confused someone for a criminal, for example, obviously. So what mediums did you use in your installation? We want the pieces to be as interactive and engaging as possible. So for one of the two displays, we used a lenticular print, which is a print medium that changes as you move along the print to give the sense that as your physical perspective of the print shifts, you are completely different art perspectives. I think people know what lenticular print is, even if they don't know what, what its name is. It's the print medium that changes as you move along the print. By using this medium, we've challenged the visitors to rethink their understanding of the word perspective. Perspective is not just where you see something from in physical space, but also how you see and interpret something based on your personal experience, knowledge, opinions, and feelings. In that sense, once again, art is indispensable because it allows us humans to express this unique inner perspectives in a way that a camera cannot capture, but only we humans can. So we wanted the viewers to see the world from this abstract artistic perspectives rather than from just physical perspectives. With the lenticular medium, we try to give the viewers the sense that as their angle of viewing, or what I've been calling their physical perspective, shifts, what they see is not what they would normally expect, which is usually just a little 3D effect, but a completely different way of seeing something. I think it's an exciting way to subvert the viewers' expectations and prompt them to think less literally like machines and empower them to appreciate their own human perspectives, however weird and unrealistic those may be. And for the other display, we use a digital screen and tablets for an interaction where the visitors can submit their hand drawings and see them being processed by an AI model live in real time. Why is the installation called What is Essence? Essence of what? Essence of AI? What does it mean? The question what is essence is something I had been fascinated for a long time. There's actually an interesting story behind it. It started with a documentary I watched in middle school about the difference in artistic styles between Eastern art and Western art during the Renaissance era. And it talked about how the Western art movements were going towards realism, whereas the Eastern arts were going toward, or have always been focusing on quite abstract depictions. And in there, specifically with the Eastern art, I noticed that often you can depict something like a natural object, like such as fish, with a single brushstroke. And I was very fascinated with how easily they could capture the essence of natural objects through art. So that's when I started becoming fascinated with the question, what is essence? And when I started my studies with safe and trusted AI, we started looking at problems like generalization and robustness and so on. And one of the uh, main problems in AI today is that models are not robust because it's possible to change the inputs in trivial ways that humans cannot even perceive and fool the model to change their predictions. And the explanation that is usually given for that is the model is learning to pay attention to non-essential things. So there the question, once again, what is essence came up to me. So in this project, I basically collided 
these two avenues which converge at the same question, what is essence together? And in this project, we explore what is essence through artistic depictions of natural objects and what that could mean for improving AI. How does the installation itself depict or demonstrate this? Is it because you had explained that, you know, you got people to draw, say, for example, a cat, and then the AI recognized it as a luggage? I'm not clear how the installation I saw answers the question or explains the title. Right. Um, so the installations, more than um, answering the questions, raise the questions to the viewers. What is essence? So the way in which we uh, raise the question is by showing, presenting to the viewers a diverse range of ways to depict the same thing from different artistic perspectives. And uh, the AI bit is to show that AI is basically not robust to as wide a range of depictions and perspectives as we are. Right. So what I'm getting from it now is that AI can't get to the essence of what something is. Is that the point? Um, that is that is the point. But one of the main questions that we are raising is also we don't know what is we don't know how to define what is the essence of something. We know when we see it, but we don't know how to uh, how exactly to explain it to the machine learning models, which is why we are also failing to have very robust models. When you say we ourselves don't know how to get to the essence of something, do you mean of anything or of the AI computing model stuff? Um, we because, know, uh-huh. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much anything, especially natural objects. Even if we say, let's just take a dog, uh-huh. we don't know what exactly is the essence of a dog. Um, if I asked you what was the essence of a dog, how could you... Oh, I feel I could nail that. I feel I could nail that. Yeah, a dog is a, a mammal with four legs, a tail, certain type of teeth, and barks. Across cultures, that would be it. Yeah, but that could also apply to wolves, for example. Do wolves bark? They don't. They howl. I feel like they do bark as well. <laughs> Okay, all right. We don't have time. We don't have time to... What are you hoping the piece What is Essence will achieve? I feel like in a way I've just answered my own question. Obviously, if you come up with the mismatches, then you see how AI is underperforming or not able to provide the visualization that you need. Is that the point? Yeah, so there are lots of problems in AI today and uh, it's easy to easy to encounter them as soon as you do anything with the AI models. So the motto behind my installations were to educate people about these problems and inspire and share my fascination uh, about the topic. This program is about work and workplaces. How can we relate your installation to the broad remit of this program? I think our installation broadly relates to the workplace on two themes, namely art and artists and uh, the future of work. Firstly, because the installations explore the gap between humans and AI through art. The gap is ever closing, but even with generative AI, we can show that there are still clear gaps, though they are more subtle than before. So art is one important uh, theme, of course. Secondly, we all know by now that AI is going to change the way we work in the future. Our installation 
particular show to people through the interaction both how nice it is to be able to automate certain things that only humans could do before um, AI and more important many things there are to worry about when we use AI there are actually more things to worry about than uh, there are nice things as you can see from the uh, exhibition would you like to give us some examples sure for example generative AI is helping people with all sorts of office work, basically, where you deal with images and text already. However, there are lots of problems in the generated text and images. These include things like biases, for example. There could be very subtle biases about the way the outputs are put together could be not as good as what a human would be able to do. So. Some of the problems that we highlight through our installations include, for example, bias in the generated outputs of generative models. These include racial biases about demographic groups, as well as sexism about uh, different gender groups and so on. Also, you can see other problems at work, such as the inability of the AI models to generalize behind its training data. So, for example, if the training data of the AI only includes photographs, then it will generalize very poorly to images depicted in other ways, for example, paintings and hand drawings and so on. Likewise, when dealing with data about humans, uh, if the training data focuses on only a certain group of people, then a model trained on that data will likely perform poorly on other groups of people. For example, as we show through our installations, if you visited and talked to our mediators there, popular generative AI models very often misrepresent people and cultures based on the limited context provided by the data. For instance, when it comes to cultures such as my native Mongolian culture, which is scarcely documented in English, it is very easy to spot the model's biases. They depict a Mongolian person as mostly old, in fur clothes, in front of a barren and cold countryside background, and uh, interestingly, uh, quite a bit of the clothing and the items depicted are not even culturally accurate. And these are because the model simply does not know enough about Mongolia, which is as modern as anywhere else, at least in the capital today. And I can attest to that by, I'm, I'm saying like, Okay, so from what you said, if I typed in Mongolian, it would send up that image. And I remember that image from the installation that you said, the sort of stereotypical depiction, yeah? But, so I've seen you, well, at least online, and you look very fly, as modern and as 21st century as they come. <laughs> and as well. <laughs> yeah. And these are some of the key issues that we illustrate. Let's move on now to... You said you wanted to talk about humans versus the machines. I'm interested in this notion that they can quote-unquote see and attribute meaning differently. Tell us a bit about that and why it's important. So far, if we want to safely say that machines can attribute meaning, we can only do so in a very limited and robotic sense. For example, we could say that it, it's attributing meaning to an input when it manages to classify the input or when it associates a certain label with the input, the label which would most often be pre-configured by a human. But as you can already see from that, that's a very robotic and limited 
way to define what a meaning is. We could even extend that to generative AI and say that machines attribute meaning when they manage to associate one variable with another variable. And you could even argue that that's how humans attribute meaning, but at a much deeper level with a lot more variables. However, as AI models currently stand, it's clear that they are definitely used to say that they attribute meaning in things like we do. An important aspect of meaning is also that meaning is subjective and things don't have agency and that uh, subjective perspective like humans do. You can say that machines do not truly attribute meaning. What's the importance of all of this? Because of that difference, because it's too simplistic, it's important that machines are not like humans. They don't have agency and they are not attributing meaning from their perspective like humans do. It's more like the machines are just automating certain associations between different variables. And it raises an interesting question, which is even if they do not attribute meaning, if we say that finding associations between variables is not attributed meaning, an important question is, should we even aim for the models to be able to attribute meaning in the future? And that involves questions like, should we aim for the ALs to be agents or should we aim for them to be just tools that we use? Well, interesting. But even before we get to that more advanced question, in terms of the stage where we are at now, is there anything else you want to tell us around what gets lost in machines processing of information? Compared to when a human is processing information, there are a lot of variables that are probably not being modeled. So when we look at things and attribute our subjective meanings, we have a lot of different variables, including even our subjective experience about those things or concepts. Let's say, for example, we're talking about cats. So there may be some shared or an objective perspective of what a cat is, but every individual would have their personal experience, cultural experience of what the concept of cat represents. And modeling these things in just text or in just images is difficult and it's often not done. So machines aren't considering a lot of things and they're just going off of the little details that we give to them. To process the information. What I understand from people in the tech world mm-hmm. is that Whereas before, they were programming in the model of my little DOG plus dog image. That was up to this point. But now, something is happening with AI where the programmers don't know how the machines are coming up with the responses. Is that a fair statement to make? Yeah, explainability problem. So is it possible to improve these processes by building better databases? It is certainly possible to improve a lot of things by building better data sets. Garbage in, garbage out is a popular saying that you might have heard. It's popular in machine learning, but I saw that it's also popular outside that too. And it's true not only about machine learning, but even about our own learning and education. But that's a discussion for another day. It's now important than ever for developers and experts to curate the data sets carefully and 
also more important than ever for cultures to document present themselves accurately not just hoping it would be found from the internet but proactively putting it forward guiding others to use it so if you have quality data then you increase the chances of the black box deep learning models which you don't understand inside putting out quality outputs on the other side so black box is usually just a way to say that you can't see inside the box imagine somebody gives you a gift in a black box and you can see what's inside and then this gift is a machine which takes something and outputs something and uh, let's say you put in a sheet of paper and it puts out uh, uh, origami or something like a swan mm -hmm. or let's just say even it's, if it's a printer you don't know what's going on inside right that's what we mean by black box however that being said even having the right data set does not mean an ai model will be able to learn from it properly and having a perfect data set is nearly impossible due to various practical limitations and the fact that we have so hard time defining what is essence of anything. That's why we must also continue to look for methodologies to learn effectively and safely learn from potentially flawed data. So you said you wanted to talk about limits and art and AI. What did you want to tell us about what art can tell us about the limits of the human mind and how and why this is relevant to AI? I think art is a very valuable source of insights into the human mind. It's an indispensable source even. It's because if we look at other types of data, for example, let's say photographs, photographs are data that can even be captured by us and uh, even other animals would probably see things the same as cameras but art is the only mean through which we can express the inner perspectives of humans so art can tell us about the uniquely human perspective of the world around us which means that it's only art that can tell us what the limits of the human mind is at least when it comes to images and uh, the significance of this to ai is if we can understand the limits of the human mind better then we at least know where we are what we're aiming at with the development of ai and more concretely understanding how humans perceive the essence of concepts you can develop more robust and more generalizable models. What does it mean for people who are working in the field of arts? What does it mean for photographers? What does it mean for illustrators, for graphic designers? There is a worry about well, whether AI is going to replace the humanity, basically, <laughs> artists. However, from this exhibition, what we have learned is quite the opposite because we can see that from the generated art, for example, though the differences are subtle, it is still nowhere near as good as a pro. And it's just, there are so many subtle things that you have to be aware of, including cultural aspect of art. You have to be able to understand what has been going on in the current scene to be an artist. AI is obviously updated at fixed intervals and even if it's able to update itself in real time I think should be in the driving to share and teach the AI about 
what the real culture is supposed to be. Basically, we need the human touch. And I think it's a really good point that AI really, even though it amasses a lot of information, it's humans who really have culture. That's basically the point, yeah? Yes, and it, it's an alive thing, always evolving. And it's a thing that is done and experienced by people. And without people, I, AI could never do it alone. And what I like too is what you said about that the exhibition has brought to the fore that AI can't replace people. Machines can't replace people. I think that message alone is yeah. good. And that's it for this episode of The Workplace, the program about how to get into, get along, and get ahead at work, produced and presented by me, NND. In this episode, I was speaking with PhD researcher Munch Tolga Batochtok about safe and trusted AI in the context of what is essence, his installation in the Science Gallery London exhibition, AI, Who's Looking After Me, which is on until the 20th of January, 2024. For more information, please visit london.sciencegallery.com and please connect with Mokhtolga Batokhtok on LinkedIn. Stay tuned for the many more interesting episodes to come in AI season here on The Workplace and to catch up on previous episodes in the season and to keep up with all the other work and workplace-related conversations that take place here on The Workplace, please connect with me using hashtag WorkplaceNND. My thanks to all those who have made this program possible. This program was first broadcast on Community Arts Radio Station Resonance 104.4 FM, which is a charity. Please support us at resonancefm.com forward slash donate and on Patreon. Special thanks to ARC Club for supporting AI season here on The Workplace. Please visit arc-club.com. ARC Club, the fabulous co-working space that is more than just a workspace. And thank you so much for listening. As always, it's been a pleasure being in your company. Until next time, keep finding new and better ways to keep working.